So yesterday evening, we, uh, the brotherhood here, so all of the, the guys here in Holy Family, we watched a very, very interesting video from a guy called John Eldred. So he wrote a book called Wild at Heart, and he speaks about the masculine journey and the difficulties, the challenges, uh, the, the, the wounds that are inflicted on the way and, and how that affects then how we see ourselves, how we see ourselves as men, how we react then, how we treat others, how we treat our wives, families uh, and that sort of thing. So a very, very interesting uh, video indeed. But he, he mentioned one particular point last night which I'd just like to hone in on uh, today if I may. And that's the how we are engaged in a spiritual battle here. So, as St. Paul says, like, it is not against flesh and blood that we have to fight, but against powers and principalities. So, it's, there's a spiritual battle in, around us. Again, we've said this a, a million times here, but uh, there's a spiritual battle going on around us, whether we realize it or not, whether we want it or not. A soldier on a battlefield can say, no place like home, there's no place like home, but he's still on the battlefield. Uh, and the battle is still raging around him, whether he wants it or not. So, we can pretend everything is okay, there's no spiritual battle, but there is. <laughs> there clearly is. Uh, if we're honest about what goes on in our own hearts or minds, when you look at the news or any news feed, look at what's going on around the world, uh, there is a lot of, of evil, uh, a lot of, a lot, which then tries to inflict a lot of hurt. Now, what I want you to, to, to focus in on then is that we're, on, we're in this battlefield, so there's, there's no way no way of avoiding getting hit. Uh, it's going to happen eventually that, that difficulties or crosses will come our way. That's going to happen. So the, 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 the goal isn't to get through life such uh, dodging every bullet. Sometimes we have to, to do what is right, which may involve us getting hit, or we may, we may have to raise our head above the parapet, which may involve us getting shot at. Uh, Sometimes we have to do, you know, defend our children, defend our parishes, defend our, our marriage, which may involve us uh, taking a hit. That's, again, that's, that's part of life. It's part of this, the, the battle that we're, that we're engaged in. But in, in this battle, the primary battle is, is for the heart. Because if you control the heart or destroy the heart, everything else is, is won or lost. If you can control the heart of a man, you can control everything about him. Uh, if a man loses heart, loses courage, then his healthy body and all of his wealth or whatever else he's accumulated is useless to him. The battle is for the heart. The battle is for the heart. And the enemy knows this. So that's the, that's the battleground. That's the battlefield the, for the heart, the interior life, <coughs> the heart of a man. And in this battle, there is a, a constant danger of what we will call agreement. So agreeing with, with the tempter. So how does this work? Uh, all of us go through daily temptations. Usually they're, they're insignificant enough. They, they can mount up, but normally like they're, 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 you don't get tempted to adultery all of a sudden or murder all of a sudden. Uh, most temptations are, are, are quite subtle. They're, you know, like for, for Exodus, for example, those doing Exodus 90 or during Lent, right? Uh, you decided to go off sugar or chocolate or Facebook or whatever it is. And there'll be just a little voice saying, ah, look, I mean, you've been good now for four or five days. I mean, sure, what's the harm? A little spoon of sugar, what's the harm? Ten minutes on Facebook, what's the harm? So they're only small little temptations, but the point is you've decided to do something for God and now you've been kind of tempted to do something that leads you away from that. Okay. 
Most temptations, as I say, aren't, aren't huge. Uh, but there are bigger temptations. Uh, there are temptations, for example, when, when one fails. If you fail, or if you look at maybe an objective truth about yourself, maybe you're not what you wanted to be, maybe you're, maybe you're not as tall as you wanted to be, maybe you're not as strong as you wanted to be, maybe you're not as successful as you wanted to be, maybe uh, you're single and you'd rather be married, maybe you're married and you'd rather be single. Uh, wh whatever it is, right? The tempter then comes in and suggests something along the lines of you didn't get that right you messed up you are a failure right so he takes something that is true maybe maybe you did get something wrong maybe uh, you, you you as a uh, teacher policeman engineer builder you made a mistake you got something wrong okay it happens but then the tempter then says, so you got that wrong, which, is, which may actually be true, maybe you did. But then he <coughs> amplifies that, turns the volume up on that, and says, and so because of that, you are a failure. Right? Or maybe as, as a dad, you see that things aren't ideal in your family, or you know, maybe one of your sons or daughters is, is, is gone off the rails a bit, and then the tempter comes in and says, see that? Here you failed. You are a bad father. And this little voice can be fairly persistent. And then he'll try to accumulate the evidence and show other examples of when you got things wrong, where you failed, or where people walked away. John Eldridge himself gives an example of, of his own life, where his dad was, was an alcoholic, um, and had, so he had a very... unsettled upbringing and he went off the rails a bit even as, as a juvenile he was uh, he had a couple of run-ins with the police and so he was in the, the police station he was expecting then his parents then came in to pick him up or his dad came to pick him up and he was expecting this son what is wrong what can we do for you what is the problem but his dad came picked him up brought him home and life went on as usual just that it just took no interest just no interest even in such a, a grave problem his 16 or 17 year old son now picked up by the police for he didn't say what the offence was, but picked up by the police for something, and just, just no interest, no interest. And he said, this is where then the tempter keeps suggesting these things, you know, your, your, your dad doesn't love you enough to stop drinking, your dad doesn't love you enough, your dad doesn't care, your dad doesn't care, your dad doesn't care. And then in this moment he said, something crucial happened, what he calls an agreement. Your dad doesn't care. You can't trust anyone. This was the temptation and John said, and I agreed. I agreed with it. And this is, this is what's, what's so kind of crucial or, or dangerous, right? This is where, in the spiritual realm, temptation is one thing. You know, we get tempted to, to all sorts of things. But it's when, it's when we agree with it. Now we're after agreeing with a lie. So now something evil or untrue has been presented to us, and we have assented, we have agreed to it. This is very, very dangerous uh, territory in, in, in the spiritual life. Because uh, now you have, you have allowed the enemy to get a foothold in your heart. He now has permission, given by you, to hone in on this particular weakness. And say, yes, see, because of that, you will always be alone. You can't trust anyone. You have to take care of yourself because nobody will help you.
whatever the, whatever the agreement is, you know, you always have to work as hard as you can every single day, because otherwise you aren't any good. You have to prove yourself, or you're useless. You have to attain perfection in everything, or you are useless. And we agree. And as soon as we agree to it, then, then that's it. Like he's, he's got a hold. He's got a hold. And he can drive us and tempt us and accuse us. And uh, just when, when, he, when, he, when he said that last night, I think for a lot of us, we thought, wow, that's his, this actually describes maybe some aspects of my life. This describes certain things that maybe I've done, yeah. Maybe I've been tempted to certain things, you know, especially like for, for, for us as men. Like, Am I good enough as a man? Have I got what it takes to be a good man? And if there are experiences in your life where you were knocked back or where you were rejected or where you were refused or whatever it was, the enemy then hones in on those and says, see, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And it's a small step then for for us, for, for, for a man's heart to say, it's true. Yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And then we can start to maybe give up on, on trying to be holy, give up on trying to be an honorable or virtuous man. So this whole area of agreement, I think it's, it's, very, I think it's very, very important for us all to reflect on. I mean, have I, have I in, in any moment of my life, or maybe even recently, have I agreed, so agreed to a temptation? We're, we're saying it's all in the context of, of today's gospel. Peter saying to Jesus, you shouldn't go to Jerusalem. And, 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 and Jesus says to Peter, in front of the other apostles, get behind me, Satan. Because the tempter is there. The tempter is there. But the real danger occurs when I give him permission, when I assent, when I agree with the tempter. Okay. So what have I, I, mean, what have I agreed to? I mean, if you look at your own life, have I ever agreed with the tempter to maybe... The fact that I'll always be alone, that I have to be perfect or I'm no good, that I have to work hard and constantly prove myself, that I'll never be a good woman, that I'll always be ugly, that I'll always be alone, that I'm always insufficient, that I'm too small, too fat, too tall, too thin, too black, too white, too I don't know what. And, and, I'll, and because of that, I will always be rejected. I can't trust anyone. I mean, I, I, does, does, this, does this, any of this like, resonate with you? What have you agreed to? What have you agreed to? And what's important then, just to maybe guide us out of this very briefly, so apologies if this, this is so rushed, um, but how do, we, how do we undo that? Okay. Simply put, we get out of this through Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. Now, he is the way. So if I have agreed in some way in my heart that I can't trust anyone because I've been let down by parents or friends or whoever it was, a spouse. I've been let down. Because of that now, I can't trust anyone, so my heart will never be available or visible to anyone. Keep everyone at arm's length. Uh, if I have agreed to that, how do I break that? Well, I have to look at Jesus who is the way. So Jesus wants to heal my heart. He wants to guide me out of this. He wants to guide me to a place of peace, and ultimately he wants to guide me to heaven. And I can't get there if, if I don't trust anyone at all. I can't get there if I'm full of hatred, if I'm full of anger, if I'm full of resentment towards someone in my family. Okay, so he is the way. He's also the truth. In these accusations, see the difficulty is, in these accusations or in these temptations, there is an element of truth. The enemy isn't stupid. 
So he knows how to suggest something that actually is objectively true, but the conclusion is wrong. You got that wrong. That may be actually true. Maybe you did get something wrong. Maybe you were supposed to do something and you forgot, or it just didn't work, or you failed. You just got it wrong. Okay, that may be objectively true, but then the implication is, and because of that, you're useless. That's the part that's, that's the lie. And because of that, you're useless. No, 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 that's not true. So, in, in the light of the Lord, who, the, Jesus who wants to guide us out of this, he who is the way, he's also the truth, which means that in the circumstances of our lives, I can recognize, yes, I got this wrong, but it doesn't make me a bad person. Okay, I, I didn't balance the accounts. Apologies. <laughs> doesn't make me a bad person. It just means I have to try a little harder, or I have to verify, check, whatever the thing is, whatever the solution is, okay? Or, you know, I may have lost the temper with the children. Okay, does this make you a bad parent? No. No, you shouldn't lose temper with the children, okay? Uh, I completely understand why people would at times. It's, I think it's absolutely amazing that people don't lose the temper a little more often with kids. It's, it's demanding. Very, very demanding. Um, but it doesn't make you a bad parent because you lose the head once. Okay? Now, don't try not to do it again and apologize to the kids and so on and so forth. It doesn't make you a bad parent, though. So this is where there may be a little, a little bit of truth, but the conclusion is wrong. So Jesus, who is the way, wants to guide us out of this. Jesus, who is the truth, can highlight the truth in the situation, but also he can highlight the truth that that conclusion is not right. It's not valid. It's not true. And then Jesus, who is the life, he wants to give us real life and life to the full. So what he calls us to uh, is not a life where we're constantly chasing, constantly chasing where we should be, constantly chasing who we should be, constantly chasing how we should be, and you're always, you always feel like you're 10 steps behind the person you're supposed to be. And it's just this kind of frantic, every day is a frantic kind of grabbing, a trying to, to catch up with where I'm supposed to be or who I'm supposed to be. But it just never seems to end. You're like, you're 20 years old, you're doing this, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, and you're still chasing this this who you're supposed to be. And it's just exhausting. And the tempter's there constantly. You know, you need to do more. Push harder, push harder, push harder, push harder. And then the tempter always, it's, it's, he's, he either pushes or he pulls. If you're doing a lot, he'll say, do more, do more, do more, do more, do more, at the cost of your family, at the cost of your own mental health, at the cost of your own peace, at the cost of your prayer life. If you're doing nothing, he'll say, yeah, you're fine. Doesn't matter the world goes on without you. It's all good. It's all good. Don't you worry. Don't need to try. So it's always push or pull. It's never balanced. Never balanced. And the danger then is when we agree. When I agree, I then give him permission. Permission to the enemy who hates me and wants my eternal destruction. I now give him a hold in my life. And we've, we've, just, we've got to call that out. We have got to recognize where those agreements are and just say enough. And even when you vocalize it, I mean, there's such power, even in saying, Lord, it is not true that I'm a bad mom. Lord, it is not true that I'm a bad man, woman, bad person. That is not true. I have made mistakes. Yes, thank you for confession. Thank you for your mercy. But to call out those agreements, because they're, they're not true. They're not true. I call out the agreement, Lord, that I will always be alone. This is not true. I don't know the future, and I do believe in your future for me and in your plans for my joy. I believe, Lord, in you, not in this temptation that I'll always be rejected, I'll always be forgotten, whatever it may be. I call out that agreement, Lord, and, and in your holy name I break it. 
I break it because it is not from you. Always do, we always do these things in the name of Jesus, by the way. It's always in the name of Jesus we break these agreements. In the name of Jesus, <clears throat> we call out the lies. We never do battle with anything like this on our own because who are you? No offense. Like, <laughs> he's not afraid of you. Um, so in the name of Jesus. And you can do this. Like, this is the, like the power of own, our own personal prayer time. You know, Our personal prayer time should be, should be such a, an encounter with, 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 the, with the healing Lord. Right? So we're sitting there kneeling there in adoration. And I say, Lord, I mean, I'm thinking of my, of my life. Lord, what do you want to heal? What agreements have I made? What do you want to break? What do you want to heal? Lord, I shouldn't have given permission to the enemy to have any access to my heart. But I recognize that I have, and now I want to give you access to all areas. Lord, I want you to heal me. And so we ask the Lord today to highlight to us any agreements that we have made and that we, in his name, might break them, that we might recognize Jesus as our way as the revealer of all truth and of our life. Amen.